0: You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. The US non-farm payrolls data was released on Friday. So, of course, we go to the man who knows all about this sort of thing. It's Liston Mainches. This is Listen with Liston. And this podcast is proudly brought to you in association with sharenet.co.za. 75,000 jobs, Liston. That was all they created. (laughs) But I mean, how many more jobs can you create when you're at full employment?
1: Well, again, somebody said, you know, disappointing numbers, and I thought well, seventy-five thousand the last time round. I think it was one eighty-five. Yeah, and and we've discussed this before. We're waving around in the breeze, but also, you know, why would you create jobs in May that you didn't create in April? You'll need to create some more in the summer, you know, when they have the uh, schools out and there are jobs at the summer camps. But I can't really see why they needed to uh, create. But your point is absolutely valid. When you're down at 3.2 for men and 3.3 for women, and we're talking now ages 20 and up, the only problem they've got, and it was always one that Janet Yellen looked at, you know, was the 16 to 19 age gap. And and there for both uh, agendas, it is running at about thirteen percent. Right. Now again, I'm not too sure whether they really are having difficulty finding jobs, or whether they're reporting there because they've just finished a course at a Technicon or a university or something. Uh, you know, they're between uh, a school, university, and a, and a job. So. Honestly, to to put any interpretation on 75, yes, it is low, but we've seen a couple of other low ones earlier, and the same point. And I go back to uh, you know Donald Trump's claim that the the Chinese have stolen five million jobs. I just don't know where they'd find the five million to do those jobs if they came back.
0: Exactly. I
1: think they'd have to go to Mexico and import the people to do them.
0: A very politically incorrect comment. Thank you very much, uh, Listen. <laughs> that was brilliant. You know what? Uh, the other thing that struck me about Friday's figure is that if the market wants to go up, or if market participants—let me put it that way—because you always correct me when I talk about the mystical market—if the market participants want the market to go up, they want to push the stock market higher, whatever. Asset class it is, they will do so. If they want it to go down, they'll find an excuse to bring it down. And I saw on Friday, this whole spurious nonsense about the Mexican trade tariffs. He taketh with one hand, he giveth with the, with the other, Trump, Donald Trump that is. Uh, the, the market went up because tariffs have been withdrawn, temporarily anyway, and the US jobs numbers were bad news, which means good news. Do you see what I mean? It wants to go yeah. up.
1: Now, Lindsay, I think the bigger the bigger theme of this is that we all have instant access to the same information. There was a time when only certain people got it, uh, and then it was disseminated via media or whatever. We all have it, you know, in our pocket. We get it at the same time, and uh, you know, instantly, uh, you know, people will say you have to be in, and suddenly uh, you better be in. But particularly in terms of the people and the high-frequency traders, uh, the guys who either had gone short, having to cover, or new guys establishing new positions. So I think we are seeing more daily volatility, and that's, you know, essentially why I tried to take a weekly view and look at longer term trends and without a doubt you know what you're hearing and it whether you hear the the trade wars They are not going away. There's little blips from Mnuchin here saying he's had a meeting with the G20. And there's a comment there by uh, Trump about, you know, we will or we won't and we may. uh, And and people react to all of this. But I'm saying it is amplified on a daily basis. But the general trend is more negativity than more positivity as far as I'm concerned. And, and so when you get an employment number, it it could be just, you know, that particular month. It could be any anything else. The one we're all waiting for, and uh, so far there's very little sign of it, is a thing called inflation. Yeah. Now, I can remember when inflation was the, the, the bugbear, we had to get inflation down and now we're desperate to get inflation up on some peculiar reason which I think relates to growth. Yes. I haven't understood that. I think if there is growth, you will get inflation, but don't get inflation and say it will create growth. I think that is not working. But as it turns out, we certainly have had plenty of growth, and we are finding out you know, labor shortages now, and it can't be too far away before we get that word called inflation. Go back to the definition of inflation, and you and I have discussed this many times. Go on. And, you know, within America particularly, you know, housing is the biggest component. And, uh, you know, you don't go to the supermarket and find out the price of a house. (laughs) You have to find that somewhere else. Hmm. And also, you have rents, and you have to find that somewhere else. So, as I said, these are not observable, measurable items that you can see. Uh, And in America, it's 40%. In South Africa, it surprises many people when I tell them that housing is bigger than food. And it wasn't some years back. It is now. So, we've moved into the worldly realm uh, and a, again as i said if you if you look at at uh, housing and various things yes prices have risen quite dramatically in some of the major cities there's still housing uh, in a number of places that that hasn't changed significantly so one way or another inflation is not a bother for them it will probably come from food inflation and we've seen the price of corn you know go uh, much higher and uh on the basis that uh the rains have come early and uh there have been some terrible storms, yeah. now it's terrible if you plant your 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 uh, uh corn seeds in in wet soil you know I'm only with tongue-in-cheek saying that <laughs> because I can't think of a better way. The problem is the fields are too wet to even get the tractors in
0: to do the, the sowing. I think the corn futures in the United States of America are at um, three-year highs, something like that. I mean, it's maize. Yeah, as, as uh, we know it as maize, of course, but uh, it's actually the corn futures. And this is part of a massive, massive food supply chain in the world's largest economy.
1: Yes, it is. But I say we don't know the price of corn when it comes out the ground because, uh, you know, we're only at the planting season now. And it is true. We've seen it in South Africa. Corn has a a, a maturity life. In other words, to get to your mealies takes about 90 days. So the fact that, you know, you're you're, you're starting a little bit later than May, uh, you might worry that, you know, the frost would get them. But honestly, I just don't think that's where they're planting maize these days. And uh, one way or the other, genetic modification and all, you know, the maize harvests per acre have improved. So I genuinely think that we will see that one coming down. Another big input to the inflation, of course, is the petrol price, the oil price. And as you know, that's been coming down, you know, most of this year. So... You know, if you're holding on uh, within the hope that that inflation will save
0: us,
1: (laughs) I think you can give that up. And again, uh, just the way the market has now responded to various things, you know, for Donald Trump to say that Jerome Powell ought to be uh, lowering rates in order to spur this economy, I I just can't hang on to that either. I just… have a feeling that you know it's the old muddle through the middle as the as the saying uh, form for most of uh, 2019
0: yeah, UBS and Goldman Sachs came out and said, "Don't be, don't hang your hat on interest rate cuts from the U.S. Federal Reserve this year. It's not written in stone." That's what they more or less said. I would urge you, listen to go to chanet.co.za or strictlypodcast.com and listen to an interview with Peter Schiff. I know he's not everybody's cup of tea. I know he comes out with outlandish comments occasionally, but he talks about inflation. Uh, listen to that if you would. And the, I have, the,
1: by the way. No, no, I have, Lindsay. I, and uh, what did I you, what said, did you think I of I him? Hope. He's he's a
0: character, isn't he?
1: Absolutely. And uh, he he is not a one-hand, on the other hand, economist at all. Uh, He is very definitive. He is almost a perennial bear. uh, But I have to agree with an awful lot of what he had to say. I just think that he's, and true of me as well, way too early in the piece.
0: Yes, way too early in the piece, but it's better to be early and right than late and wrong, I think. And the other thing is that I was speaking to Lee Adler, and you've been disparaging about him in the past, and I have to admit he has lost his way a little bit when it comes to his calls, but he put out an oil price chart the other day, a long-term oil price chart, and it's just struck me it was so easy. It's making, in the long term, lower lows and lower highs. I think the oil price is in a bear market.
1: It's certainly trending down, and I think uh, you know we've got it, it, it's coping with two different forces. Uh, the one obviously is uh, the the shale and 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 fracking, and the other one is electric vehicles. So most certainly, you know, you if you said to me, you know, two three years from now, do I see it higher or lower? I would have to say I see it lower.
0: Hmm. Me too. Listen, just a quick one on the South African week that has just gone by, which, which I'm still digesting, uh, politics, GDP, and all sorts of other, other goings on. And I, I got despondent about it. I said, you're not on Twitter, but I sent a tweet out and I got an enormous response to this tweet because of my almost panic mode that I'd got myself into because of GDP and the other things that I've just mentioned. What do you think? Mm. You're, you're calmer than I am.
1: Oh, well, definitely. Again, when you get, you know, uh, seasonally adjusted quarterly changes, uh, I'm not sure that you should panic. Uh, You know, you want to look at the relative. And the big one there was that year on year it was zero. So that's pretty well what I would have thought. And, in fact, maybe not all that bad, seeing we really, really did have bad February, March, courtesy of, of ESCOM. Yes. And most certainly, it's going to impact company profits, many of them, uh, you know, having to find alternative and much more expensive sources of energy in order to keep going. And that even affected the property companies. We'll only see some of that, you know, because a lot of companies report to uh, to June. We're getting some, we've, we've had most of the februarys and we'll get most of the Marches and some of them will certainly, you know, point that out. But I think it'll be the June numbers coming out maybe uh, in late July, early August that will say, "Oh, we had a terrible six months, because, because." So I just think that is a you know an early warning system uh, you know for local. But again, who cares? Because the rand is at uh, 1490, and British American tobacco is up, and uh, Richmond hmm. is up, and uh, dare I say, Naspers is up, and if those ones are up, our market is up. So, yeah, yeah, what may not look so good or sound so good in terms of the local economy and the local companies is actually uh, not bad news for those people who have taken a uh, Rand hedge or an even top of the uh, top of SWIX and top of the all share index uh, set of choices.
0: Liston Manchies is an independent financial advisor and analyst. Liston, just remind us how we get hold of you, please.
1: Liston at liston.coza.
0: Very nice. Liston manches will be back probably in about a week's time. That podcast was proudly brought to you in association with sharenet.co.za.